I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, it's Michelle here. Welcome to today's episode of your Business Boost podcast. I hope that you are doing fantastically well. I hope that this quarter of the business year is going really well for you. I can't quite believe it, but the calendar is ticking over into the month of June this week, which also means for all of us that we are approaching the end of another financial year. I just feel like this comes around faster and faster every year. But I thought with the focus on finance right now, I thought that it would just be a fantastic time to bring on one of my clients. She's also a mate of mine and she's just an oracle of all things finance in my life, Hilary O'Dwyer. So Hilary and I have known each other for a very, very, very long time. Our um, our friendship predates our business owner lives. Um, But she is, for the last 10 years actually, has been running her own business called Titian Consulting, where she provides virtual CFO services to small business owners. So that's everyone from one-person startups through to international enterprises. And what she does in the work that, that she does for her clients is she helps untangle their numbers and you know ultimately to achieve financial success but i think the the thing that i love about what hillary does which is so so important is that she gives business owners the confidence to make smart decisions. She's all about empowering business owners, championing their success. She's not about making you feel like an idiot. She is a mistress of demystifying the hard stuff around numbers. And I just thought she was the perfect person to be having a chat with right now, just to give us some really great tips on being more financially savvy in our business. And I don't think it matters how long you have been in business, there is always more to learn. And there's always little tricks that people like Hillary know that we don't know. So she's an awesome sharer. That's what she's doing today. She's also talking about like where we should be putting our attention to make sure that we're building a business that's going to survive the long term. You know, I think especially right now, the cost of doing business is increasing. You know, there's there is economic uncertainty. People are tightening their purse strings. That it, it's not all doom and gloom, and, and I'm definitely not fueling that fire. But I think right now, this is just really important information for us to understand. Um, It's definitely not a time to be burying our heads in the sand. We want to feel confident and knowledgeable and empowered. And that's exactly what Hillary does. So I've included all of Hillary's contact details in the show notes. She's got a brilliant, really informative monthly newsletter that she sends out. And she's also pretty active across her socials with little um, two-minute takeaways um, where she shares more 
more of her brilliance if you want more of her. So I'll put all of those links in the show notes. But for now, sit back, enjoy my chat with the very wise Hilary O'Dwyer. Hillary, you and I go way, way, way back to another lifetime where we both worked in kids TV together. And now you are about to celebrate your 10th year in business. So I would love for you to share with the listeners how you came from being the keeper of the money at Nickelodeon to running your own business. OMG, thanks so much, Michelle. Well, I left Nickelodeon because they moved to Ride, which was obviously <laughs> awful. It was. <laughs> I, I think I lost alone a lot of staff. But yeah. I went on, I went into more corporate, um, bigger organizations, which was great for experience and that kind of thing. I ended up at Dave Jones looking after their corporate reporting. Mm-hmm. And then after my, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will relate to this, after my second baby, when I was going off for my maternity leave, my second baby, I was like, I'm not going back. Yeah. but I don't know what I'm going to do. So I sailed off into the sunset, had had my bub, and then a year cut to, cut to during that year, someone approached me and said, hey, any chance you do the bookkeeping for the bookshop I own in Newtown? And I said, well, yeah, because that's okay, but you know I'm you know tied to a baby, et cetera. So I picked that up as a gig, and then I uh, resigned from David Jones at the end of my year's maternity leave and said, what, what's next? And I put out feelers and I started to build a little bit of a business, giving a little bit of bookkeeping help. But then it developed into doing what I did at David Jones, which is hardcore reporting, sharing my advice and skills with small and growing businesses and helping them get over their finance hump. Well done. That's so cool. And 10 years, no mean feat. And I know you started, you know, we've had this discussion separately where you're like, oh, but, you know, I I don't sort of like, Was I building a business in year one kind of thing? But 10 years doing what you've been doing, it's no mean feat. And it's really fantastic that you were able to create a business and a life that worked for your family away from, you know, the big. Yeah, that's it. And that's, and I didn't say, I I, I didn't want to go back to DJs because there was just, I needed more flexibility for my small, my young family. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. And my husband was in a reasonably stressful job as well. So I just needed something that gave me that chance to own being a mum, which I love, and also work, but not kind of feel guilty about leaving for the daycare pickup. Yes. Yeah. Which I know a lot of our listeners can relate to. Yeah. A a child is often the catalyst for them Mm. stepping out of their, you know, their corporate career. So you you touched on this um, just briefly before because you and I – talk a lot about how many business owners don't really understand the role that a CFO could play in their business, especially when it's small. And I know you've heard people say, well, I've got a bookkeeper, I've got an accountant, or I've got both. So how do you fit in? So could you explain to to our listeners um, the function of a CFO, a virtual CFO like yourself, where you fit into the mix? Absolutely. And that's such a great question. And it's one I struggle to answer succinctly. So I will try my best. I sit in between the bookkeeper and the tax accountant. So the bookkeeper in your business may be an actual bookkeeper, but it may also be you, the business owner, doing a bit of reconciling on zero. So that's just getting the basic data in there. Your tax accountant at the end of the year does your tax return. And often you only chat to them once a year. They may or may not do your BAS returns. Your bookkeeper may do your BAS returns. 
I'm sitting in that in middle space looking after the hard stuff. I am providing commercial advice in a timely fashion. I'm acting as a sounding board to business owners. To, you know, they say, hey, listen, I think I need to take on a person, but can I afford it? Let's look at the numbers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scenario modeling. It's forward thinking. It's cash flow forecasting. Yes, I know. Right. You love now, that. we all have a little bit of that. Me too. Yeah. But, you know, but it's it's about embracing it and going, you know, where do we know where are we going? And a lot of times I actually help with I'm not HR, but it's like how to retain and remunerate employees. Yeah. Because I see, you know, I've had a lot of experience with that at a large corporate level. But, you know, it's great to see what other businesses are doing and bringing it down to some, you know, really, really small businesses and go, hey, listen, it doesn't have to be about the dollars. It yeah. could be about something else that's going to really make your business attractive and really help retain them. So it's lots of little flavors like that that come yeah. into being that person at your shoulder, giving you the help and support you need. Yeah, you're like the financial oracle. Like you, you know, you are, you are, you are, because you're you are a sounding board for and you're just so good. Like you really know your stuff. And um, I think, you know, you see the inner workings of a lot of businesses um, and, and you know, I, I do as well. And often when I start working with women, it, it is their business finances that require attention. Yeah, right. And, and like, much like yourself, and I know that you can relate to a lot of these women, it's almost like they're accidental entrepreneurs they're yeah, accidental yeah. business owners so they they don't know what they don't know and um you know what I love about your approach is that like like there are no dumb questions um and um you know you're you're empathetic with the fact that people don't actually know what they don't know so I guess you know given that I've got you here today and we've got you in our listeners ears what are some of the common issues that you see or the gaps in financial know-how that you help fix so some of them are and i mean this respectfully kind of basic yep it's also about just demystifying some of this stuff so the biggest thing someone will say to me is what do i owe the ato okay right and that's not that that that's there's there's no judgment about that it's but i feel you know it's all about empowering my clients and going what's in zeros you know the most popular small um, accounting software that we use but it's yeah. like, what what do I owe the ATO and when do I owe it? And that information is at everyone's fingertips. Yeah. And part of part of my approach as well is saying, let's get friendly with zero. And I'm going to say this as a redhead. A lot of people treat zero <laughs> like the redheaded stepchild. They don't want to know what is in there. Oh, yeah. They're just going, yeah. it's, it's yeah. in the corner. If I don't look at it, it won't, you know, it. It. I, I just don't want to go there. Yeah. I don't know what's in there. You know, yeah. I'm paying bills. It's the last place that people go to, but it should be the first place that they go to. Right. Because it's a really powerful tool. And that should be where you go to, not your bank, because it's got your bank in there. Yeah. And it's got everything you're going to pay in the future in there. It's telling you about your payroll. It's telling you about your ATO stuff. It doesn't, and it doesn't need to be a mystery. Yeah. So that they're like the really, really basic crucial things. But, you know, yeah. forward planning is the other thing. Where people yeah. are going, I'm I'm busy doing the doing. Yeah, and it's so hard. And you know, you know, you know too, and I know it myself. Yeah. It's about working on the businesses, not and not in the business, and going, okay, where are we? And like I, I did a cash flow, like a historical cash flow view for someone, and they literally couldn't believe where they'd spent their money. 
Yeah. And I was saying, well, I said, we can we can put them into different buckets. But I said, in fact, you have spent this money. And they're like, no, no, I haven't. It's like, yeah, no, you have. Yeah. And the point about doing that historical view was to get a sense of the cadence of the spend so we could look forward and go, right, well, where is the money going to go in the future? And what choices are we going to make around that? Yeah. That's great. And, you know, I think that that sort of burying your head in the sand is, you know, it's not the solution. Sadly, it is an option that a lot of people take and then they get themselves into strife. But even, I mean, you know, I guess not to sound alarmist because this is this is happening all the time, every day in, in people's hmm. businesses. Um, so I guess, you know, from, from, you know, coming from a business owner point of view, what are some suggestions of some actions that perhaps we could take so that we feel more financially savvy in our businesses? That's a great question. I'm kind of pausing and having a think, to be honest. Um, I think it's about just getting in amongst it. It's uh, like... Not being scared. Like, it's Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's easier said than done, but it's yeah. like, let's say you've got an ATO debt and yeah. that is so easy. It's like the ATO are so approachable. Let's ring them up yeah. and get you on a payment plan. Yes. And everyone goes, really? And it's like, yeah. And everyone is, they're so lovely. And it's just about being, it's about being proactive and on the forward foot. Yeah. A lot of people are having, now, like always, but having a bit of a crap cash crunch. If you build, if you build goodwill with your suppliers and reach out and say, hey, yeah, I owe you that bill, but can I pay it over three months instead of one month? They're going to go, yes, please. And thank yes. you. Because number one, they know it's getting paid. So they're not wondering. And number two, they know when. Yes. So you're keeping that goodwill and that trust with your suppliers. And it's, you know, and you get to keep that relationship with you when you go through a bad, you know, a tough tricky you know trough in your cash kind of thing so yeah. I think it is about just knowing what's going on yeah and then being able and it's like those little things go well, well what is coming up where am I with my compliance I don't, don't have a shock about yeah. I'm going to owe something I'm kind of I feel like yeah. I'm going on about the ATO a lot but it's not just about that but if you financially know that X yeah. is getting paid in six weeks time yeah well that might make you pause about a decision that you're going to make today because it's something that you would like Yes. Like, like I want to go to that conference or I want to do X for the business or that merchandise order is going to go through. It's just about. Yeah. Knowing, yeah. knowing where your money is essentially. Well, yeah, no, and where, where is it going to go? You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 And you just mentioned the word compliance there. Um, oh, and I want to pick up on that because it, it is a terrifying sounding word. It sounds like, you know, when I hear the word compliance, I feel like, like I'm going to get in trouble if I haven't been, if I haven't complied. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you support business owners with this? Look, compliance. I don't love it, but it's ah, like, don't you? Why? Why? I would have thought. No, no, that's not where I add value. Yeah, it's like, that is just simply a yeah. part of doing business. Yeah. And we all have to do it. I have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't like to offer it. So as part of my packages, if someone already has their bookkeeper doing their bass, for example, I'm like, go and fine. Leave yeah. it there. Yeah. Because okay. that's, that's, that's not where I'm adding value. However, yeah. we have to do it. So we if we think, do about, yeah. we think, well, compliance is out there for us. Let's break it down. You've yeah. got to do a tax return. Yeah. Easy. Once a year. Whatever. Yeah. Number yeah. two, you're going to do your bass. Good. Yeah. Either for only payroll, but payroll and GST. So that's mm. going to be monthly or quarterly. So what? Like, you you know, you know that's coming. Yeah. You can file it yourself. It's not the end of the world. The biggest thing with your BAS is getting the cash. Yes. Right? 
you know, and I think like my my biggest tip, <clears throat> excuse me, and I don't mind sharing this, yeah. and it's the simplest one in the world, is you have an ATO bank account. That's what I've got. Yeah. You and I have talked about I've got one, right? Yes. And yep. it's a little bit of a luxury. If you're in a bit of strife with the ATO and you have legacy debt, it's a little bit of a luxury. But yep. you can get to the point where your revenue comes in, you take away, t- you divide it by 11, yep. and you put that in your ATO bank account. That's your GST done. Yeah. You pay your payroll, that goes yep. out to your staff. You put the PAYG in your ATO account, that's your PAYG done. Yep. Bass rolls around, it's a five minute job to get that yep. done. Pay someone, don't pay someone, do it yourself. The yep. cash is there, pay it on your move right so you know it's about constant communication with the ato if there is a problem and loads of people have legacy debt and that is not a problem yeah i think that's good that you're saying that it's not a problem normalizing that like because i think people again and this probably comes back from you know um who we've all been parented by in our parents generation you know all around like things like debt and that sort of thing and debt is bad and you've got to pay off you know but it's like i, I was mentored by like a guy a lot this is a long time ago but he was one of the founders of macquarie bank and he always said to me michelle the tax department have got enough money like you always pay the small like the small people first yeah. but like you know eke out what you owe to them as long as possible but it is normal for to owe money to the to the to the tax department like it is exactly yeah exactly now i'm not saying this but they're the cheapest bank in australia right they are that's so true they are so but equally you know so they're the cheapest bank in australia it's about being on the front foot with them have a plan like Get a payment plan on the go. It's fine. Yeah. Have a payment plan every quarter. It doesn't matter. But it does matter that you are paying it off and that you yes. are doing something. Yeah. You're doing think, something, but I not. think where it comes, where people fall foul of it, is where they then want to go and get other funding, yeah. right? So that fund, uh, right? Yeah, so it could okay. be it could be a regular bank loan. It could be getting um getting a large new client, right? Where a lot of them will say, okay, are you in a financially stable position? And you have to produce your ATO portal and you have to show if you've got anything outstanding to them, right? right. Now, if you have something owing, some people walk away straight away and go, no, I'm yeah. not going to touch you. The big yeah. four won't touch you, for example, yeah. um, and so on. So that's, that's important to keep at the back of your mind as to whether or not you're going to want to do something about that. So then you go, okay, right, well, I'll clear that off, get have everything paid off, and then I can move forward with other lenders if you want to do something else. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you for like waving that little red flag for us. Very important. So where should we as business owners be putting our attention and effort to ensure that we're building a financially sustainable business? Because, you know, we do know that a lot of businesses I think you know within that first 12 months go to the wall but then beyond that um you know it's such a shame and I think we noticed this a lot during COVID businesses that were kind of locked up with um you know job keeper payments and all of that sort of thing and then have just the the zombie businesses Michelle zombie businesses Yeah. yeah so what where should we be putting our our attention Hillary like just some more of those red flags I guess more of those look um I mean I've made a couple of notes here so the top of your sales funnel now your sales funnel might look different to mine I'm a you know I'm not selling widgets on eBay but what's coming down the line what's coming that down the line is it two is it in two years for you but like what are you doing to be attracting new customers 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, new revenue streams. Like, is there an opportunity where you're saying, well, actually, this isn't what I thought I'd be selling, but this is really going off. Yeah. And being able to recognize that. I was I had a meeting with a new with a relatively new client recently. I've spoken to you about her. Yeah. And we were looking, I was looking at some, I put together some graphs to show us her two revenue streams. And I, I pointed at one and said, Why aren't we doing more of that? And she said, yeah, she said, that's what I want to be doing too. Mm-hmm. She said, that is just, it's profitable, it's easy work, but yeah. it's not their core offering. And yeah. she's re- getting resistance in her business to go more in that direction. And I guess that's, you know, that's where I'm helping her is looking at the looking at the numbers and doing analysis for her that she's not able to or doesn't want to do for herself. Yeah. Or maybe she didn't even think to do herself. Yeah. You yeah. also remember everyone's got different skill sets, yes. right? She's yeah. amazing at what she does. Yeah. I'm amazing at what I do, but I'm there helping her with hers, exactly like you with your clients. Yeah. So, so we looked at that and she's gone, yeah, no, exactly. And she's gone, it was, she's like, thank God someone else is seeing this the same way as me. But right. we had we had like proof and we could demonstrate how and why it was profitable. So she's going back to her board to say, okay, this is what we're thinking of. So that's new yeah. revenue streams. Yep. Yeah. Um, recurring revenue is a great one, right? Yeah. So a lot of I work with a lot of tech startups and one of their key metrics is MRR, which is monthly recurring revenue. Yep. Who's coming back to you month after month? Yeah. Right. And that's just, you know, you know, we get a little bit lazy. Oh, go. Great. That's locked in. But you have to be able to retain them mm-hmm. and not churn that those sales. Yeah. And can you bank on that? Because something like that is great to be able to go out again. It could be lenders if you're looking for working capital or something yeah. like that, or you're looking for investors and say, here's my monthly recurring revenue. So it's about to, if you that again isn't going to suit all of your listeners, but that is a great one to really focus on. Oh, it really is. I mean, I've just done two episodes on how to, you know, pr- stop losing clients because yeah. I think it is. We all know it is so much easier to hold on to those, you know, those customers that keep coming back regularly yeah. versus winning new ones all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's like, well, yeah. actually, if you look at it and go, well, no, that's where my bread and butter is. Let's double down on them and make sure we keep them. Yeah. Because ultimately they become more profitable. Maybe that's where your attention should shift. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at those numbers and understanding what you've got in your numbers rather than just scattergun approach and not and not really knowing. And yeah. then I think my last one for being continuing to be sustainable is the famous cost base. What's in your cost base? And that's all I mean by that is how much are your expenses every month? Yeah. What are your, t- like, do, Michelle. How do much you, does it cost you to run your business? Michelle, do you know how much your outgoings are a month? Yeah, I do. Okay, good girl. Yeah. yeah. Not, oh, everyone, yeah. not everyone does. No, but that's so I've, like, I think that's, yeah, for me, it is like I I know like not that I have lights to keep on this per se, but I know yeah, how but you much do, it costs you me. do to a certain know, degree, yeah, right? I know how much it costs me to keep the lights on. Like, what yeah. is my? Uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, I am not in the business. I am not in business to just recoup my expenses. Like, that's yeah. not what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so no, I am very aware of that. Uh, there was a time when I wasn't, and. And that has always, I guess, married up with time when I have I have felt out of control. Like yeah, I think this absolutely. is what I love about having this visibility and, and you know, it's a lot yeah. what I love about the work that you do. It gives us, because when as business owners, there's so much out of our control, you know, but 
having this visibility and knowing around our numbers it it's it gives us a sense of a sense of certainty a sense of yeah. surety yeah. it yeah. helps us make decisions in our business like you you said earlier about um well i know that next week i've got to pay that that supplier 6 grand um i'm not going to buy that snazzily upgraded um you know iMac, whatever, like, you know, that I just happened to see when I was floating around in office works, which is what a lot of people do. And it's yeah. no judgment, but it's just, yeah, we need to have, and, and yes, so no, I do have that that visibility, um, definitely. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that. I had um, my biggest client, the CEO came to me on Monday yep. and said, right, I'm worried, you know, X, Y, and Z is happening out there. I want to know what my cost base is or what their cost base is. You know, at this point, it's been bobbling around a lot over the months. There's been a bunch of recruiting fees that are not recurring. There's been some expensive contractors that are finishing up. And he said, where are we now? And then he says, then I can simply add on mentally what a new head would be because he knows what the revenue is because he's looking at that every minute of the day. <laughs> but, but, you know, so so I, I, I just refined it, refined it, took out what I needed to take out because it has bobbled around. And so, okay, here's our starting point. Here's yeah. our starting point in mid-May. And yeah. now off you go and do you and you make a decision about, okay, if it's at X and we're talking hundreds of thousands a month, yeah. but he then knows if he can add on, let's say, a new role. Yeah. Right. And can that and where does that put the the cash burn? Right. Because yeah. they're all about their cash burn. They're not profitable. Yeah. But even, you know, because a lot of a lot of the our listeners are all, you know, businesses are growing. And in order to grow, you know, you need often extra arms and legs and and that kind of thing in the business. But it's knowing, okay, well, can I afford the you know, the full-time yeah. you know, six-figure salary to support me or do I need to, like it's, or do I need to settle for the, the part-time yeah. at a at a lower rate or whatever, but it's it's having that visibility you know. And then also you can predict, okay, you know, well, how much more revenue do I need in order to, it's, it is very simple, but it's amazing how many people do not make decisions this way. It's just you know, I'll jump out of the plane and build the parachute on the way down. <laughs> I think the other thing about the cost base, and sometimes I feel like I'm always buying the same drum, is going, you know, it's a you can change it. Yes. Right? Yep. That also is how you, you you maintain being a financially stable business because you go, okay, I'm taking that out. That is actually a choice. Yep. That should not be a choice for me, but, you know, you have to look and go. No, that's not that's not serving me right now. Yeah, and that has to be that has to be cut. Yeah. And it's 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 constantly changing, which is okay. Yeah, the Spotify subscription could go. Yes, but it's those little things. It's the stickiness. It it's the yes. stickiness. And that's how we've all you know. That's how businesses are building themselves because they're making sure they're sticky. Yeah, and I bet you. I think we'd all be guilty of going into our subscriptions account oh, in zero yeah. and we'd be a little bit like, oh, really, am I? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Listen, some yeah. of this stuff is marginal. But if you if yeah. you look at all the marginal bits, yeah, right, you could quickly get to maybe $1,000 a month. 100%. That's 12 yeah. grand a yeah. year. Yeah. Which could be could be anything. It could be part-time help. It could right. be. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. It could yeah. be literally anything or it could yeah. be just cash to pay off a legacy debt yes right yeah. to get you to where you want to be yeah 
Love that, Hilary. Thank you. That's their great tips. So coming back to you and your business, what are the most impactful things that you've done over the last 10 years to boost your business? So this is really, really simple. This is getting in professionals to help me in the areas that I'm not good at. And the first cab off the rank was a marketing strategist who I started working with about three years ago and then getting in a business coach. (laughs) This is not an ad. (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to say who that is. You can can say who that is. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think it's about, like, understanding where your weaknesses are and understanding that you can't, like, I can't do everything. Like, my books are in great nick. Of course they are, because guess what I do for, for <laughs> I do sums for a living, right? But am I a natural marketer? No, but if you point me in the right direction, tell me what I can what to do, I will go do it and hopefully do it really well. Yeah. But it's about getting that extra that support into the bit. It's getting that expertise into the business in whatever whatever area you need, because you don't need to be brilliant at everything. And you can't be. You are you can't be. one woman. And um, that is, you know, I mean, having, uh, you know, speak about this before I, before I, after you and I worked together, but before I started my business, I was employee number two for two startups. And so I was kind of wearing all the hats, but yeah. I was very thinly spread, but I was not an expert in many of those areas. I mean, I was, you know, I was doing business affairs. I am not a lawyer. Like, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, when we start out, we are doing absolutely everything ourselves, but I think recognizing the value of expert support um, in whatever guys, you know, for, for many of our listeners, the expert support would be in the financial realm because yeah. it's not there. It's not their wheelhouse, but um, you're lucky that you can do that standing on your head with your hands tied behind you. Yeah, but equally, I've got other areas I I just want the help in. And, you know, sometimes it it doesn't always come down to dollars, but it's like, well, what what could I earn? What could I be doing and earning instead of doing this? And is is it worth, you know, it's often going to be much more worth my time to pay someone to do it. Yeah. rather than me going and doing it and taking far longer trying to pull together a tile for Instagram. Yeah, you don't know um, what you're doing. Yeah, Because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not good at it. Like, yeah. you know, my 13, my now 13-year-old daughter, she had her birthday yesterday. <laughs> she's way better at doing, you know, the pretty, the colours and the graphics and stuff. And I'm not, and I, we've talked about this endlessly. Yeah. I'm not spending my time doing it, yeah. but I need to get it done. Yeah. And I, and I love that you're like, I'm not even get, like, I'm, I'm not doing it. Like you're, you're not going, oh, well, if I gave myself some time and figured it out, it's like, no, nah, I'm paying an expert. It's like brilliant music. But, but, I, but it's taken me so long to realize that Michelle yeah. and to kind of yeah. go, do you know what? I'm sick of stuffing around for hours and losing hours down yes. a rabbit hole. Yes. Trying to become an expert in Canva. But all I yeah. want to do is do a simple post somewhere or do a something, something. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's very granular as an example. But, you know, the, the bigger view of that is, yeah, you just need help. But where is the help that's that you need and that's important for your business that will drive your business forward, right? Yeah. yeah. That'll take that hat off that you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So the final question that I ask all of my guests is to share something that they've read, watched, listened to, experienced that will give our listeners a life or a business boost. So what would you like to share with us? 
kind of kind of was thinking about this and then I thought I'm overthinking this, but I'm just gonna go with what my original response was and I'm sure the people said it, but it's um a Mel Robbins book and it's the high five one. Got it. Yep. Which I listened to when I was in Melbourne last year, I was doing a a, a PR masterclass and it was just great. It just gives you a real kind of little inner boost when you're kind of getting yourself up in the morning going, Oh my god, I can't do this. I'm no good at this. What can I do? And it was just it's just been great. So um some of us were chatting last week about that and other people, it yeah. resonated with other people as well. So yeah. that's my little teeny tiny tip. That's your tip. That's a great tip. Thanks, Hillary. And where can our listeners get more of you in their lives after this chat? How exciting. Thank you. So you can find me on LinkedIn as Hillary O'Dwyer, but my business is Titian Consulting. And the www.bit is titian.consulting or Instagram under the same name and same for Facebook. Fabulous. I will put all those links to connect with you in our show notes. You have been so helpful, Hillary. You've given us some great tips. You really have. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Michelle.